Pitch two, day three. If you know anything about recycling, it's probably just a series of depressing statistics. Only about 5% of plastic waste actually gets recycled. 25% of recycling has to get thrown away because it's contaminated. And don't forget the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, a 600,000 square mile ocean trash vortex that's larger than the state of Alaska. (laughs) What a mess. But this is the pitch. So surely there's a company here to help clean things up. Enter Eco, an app that's using AI to get every student on every campus recycling properly. No greasy pizza boxes allowed. But how much money can you really make from trash? Is this the solution investors have been waiting for? Or will they pitch this business in the great startup garbage patch? That one's in the bay. I'm Josh Muccio. Welcome to The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch real investors for real money. Hi, I'm Erica Wenger, and I'm general partner of Park Rangers Capital. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Yin, general partner at Hustle Fund. Hi, I'm Jillian Manis, managing partner of Structure Capital. Hi, I'm Charles Hudson, managing partner of Precursor Ventures. Hi, I'm Martin Tobias with Incisive Ventures. The pitch for Eco is coming up after this. And if you want to watch the video of this pitch, go to pitch.show slash YouTube. Episodes premiere on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I can play one song on the guitar and nothing. Nothing else. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. My name's Nicole. Erica. Nice to meet you. Hey, Nicole. Nicole. Martin. Nice to meet you. Elizabeth. Blazer. Charles, yeah. nice to meet you. Great to meet you all. Okay. We've all been there, standing at the recycling bin, questioning is this recyclable? And you're not alone. 96% of Americans are also confused on how to recycle. But this confusion is costing us. 219 million tons of recyclable waste enters our landfills every year. We spend over $200 billion just to send it there. My name is Nicole Sewell. I'm the CEO and founder of ECO. I've worked over the last four years while attending undergrad researching student and consumer behaviors around recycling. ECO is a mobile app that uses artificial intelligence to detect the recyclability of materials. Mm. You take a picture of anything and ECO gives you up-to-date and the most sustainable guidelines on how to dispose of your waste. And as you recycle, you earn points that are redeemable for discounts for products and services within your community. We've launched paid pilots at Georgia State and the Georgia Institute of Technology, and in the last five months have helped students dispose over 50,000 items on our platform. Today, I'm raising $750,000 to expand into universities, but we plan to go to municipalities as well as corporate offices. So, and I invite you to join us in that. Thank you. Can we try like a quick test? Even let's just take this Starbucks Mm -hmm. coffee cup. I don't know if it's recyclable. There's the plastic top thing. Yeah, yeah, like what? uh, would your app tell me this? Definitely. 
I took a picture and it is thinking about it. And it came up with plastic. Plastic takeout cup is what it says. And so everything that's in green is recyclable. Everything that's in red is unrecyclable. Everything in green is recyclable. Correct. So that's this is also based on Georgia Tech's recycling guidelines. Oh, yeah. Because those are our campuses that we're on. Um, And then it'll also show you which bin to place it in, as well as where you can take it to on campus. Well, it's amazing to me just how little I know about recycling because it's saying that the plastic takeout cup is recyclable, Mm -hmm. but the paper cup is not. Yes. So can you talk about the tech? Yeah, so Ryan Walden is my co-founder and CTO, um, and so he is a machine learning engineer with years experience building machine learning models. And so right now we're using OpenAI's clip model, which creates a caption for every item that you take a picture of through the platform, and then it looks for that item in our database of materials. We actually started off as a hardware company. Um, Our first iteration was a recycling machine that accepted plastic bottles and aluminum cans. Mm -hmm. So we built the machine. Um, It was super beautiful. It was the sexiest machine I'd ever seen in my life. Like, super proud of it. And launched it February 2020. But no one could use it because everyone went home and never came back. (laughs) So um, that was when I started reading the EPA sustainability report. And so they outlined that reducing recycling contamination was their number one objective to increase recycling in the United States. Um, And how they recommended that we solve this problem was flyers and engaging social media campaigns. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> like, what else? like there's no innovation here. And so that is what ultimately led to Eco was like, okay, well, I bet if I could just take a picture of everything and it told me what to do, that would solve this problem. Yeah. And then you said Georgia State was a customer. Yes. Can you walk me through just like who's paid what so far? Yeah. So Georgia State and the Georgia Institute of Technology are our first customers. So we started them off with a semester pilot that cost $5,000, which I know, like no one negotiated. Yes, it was too low. <laughs> but if you got um, money from universities, like, you should you get a gold star. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You never hear that. That's true. Um, and then it rolled over into a full year implementation that was $20,000. Um, and so that's what we are currently with both institutions on. We actually are exploring a pilot with Cox Enterprises right now. So we're just about to get into that corporate space. How many downloads have you gotten on these campuses? Yes. So right now we have 1,500 students on the platform who use it. We have a 33% monthly active user rate. And on average, students recycle 35 items each month. And the fraud was like less than 1%. We had like 10 students who were ridiculous, Um, (laughs) which was interesting. And then we also had a 12% reward redemption rate, which was much lower than what we expected. But still, the usage was incredibly high. The vast majority of our new users came from referrals. So the average user referred three of their friends on the platform. Does a university benefit in any monetary way by recycling more? Or is there a compliance? Yeah. Or is there a compliance? Is it just feel good or is it, are there other things? Yes. So glad you asked that. Universities actually pay contamination fees on the recycling bills. And so these are fees that they have to pay on top of what they already pay in recycling. So this can be anywhere between 75 to $150,000 a year wow. just oh, wow. okay. on contamination. So in theory, if we can educate their students, increase volume, increase quality, we can lower those costs for them, but also increase revenue because they can sell these materials for higher mm-hmm. prices on the market. When will you have enough data to be able to uh, show the results because if you increase their r- recycling volumes, but the contamination number stays up, you might actually worsen the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
The thing about the solution is that we need high adoption in order to effectively say that we were able to reduce contamination or if we saw any changes in the recycling stream overall. Mm -hmm. And so that's why in these next two years, we're focusing so much on adoption on the campus. It's going to um, take two years? Um, or just the year. Um, I'm just, because right and now- in that deal, mm -hmm. who is responsible for marketing? What's great about the university is that we're able to market through all of their channels. So So you're doing the marketing and that has to come out of the 20,000 that you're getting in revenue? No. So they do focus on all of the communications on campus. The only thing that we have done is we've had tablings on the campus where we've told students about Eco and get them to download the application. Our user acquisition cost is only $1.50 because like we just put like we have cookies and whatever to get students to download the application. So the university will send emails, they'll put up flyers, they'll also put signage on like their TVs and all those things that we don't have to manage. Mm -hmm. And we really put the onus on the university to market the application. I, mean, I know you're, you say that they're responsible for it, but I've, I've seen these kind of things where, you, you know, you sign a demo deal and then nobody's really responsible for customer acquisition. And at mm -hmm. the end of the, of the LOI, everybody's like, this thing didn't work. So one of the things that we know is that the cost of the pilot is, was extremely low. Mm -hmm. And so right now, Georgia Tech, Georgia State have this waste zero goal by 2030. And there's no way for them to effectively track how they are reaching these goals today. So ECO is the first application that they're actually able to see in real time what students are actually putting in recycling bins so that they can effectively market back to the students. So I think that is actually more so the value to the institution versus the rebate part, because now ECO gives them a lens on, okay, it's Halloween and students just recycled candy wrappers. Let's do some effective marketing around why you can't dispose those materials. Right. The insight part is really what's valuable to the institution because right now they're really shooting in the dark trying to figure out how to better engage their constituents. Is there a penalty that at the end if they do not reach these goals? So Georgia, no, uh, we don't have any policy around this. <laughs> um, so it's more so just from the top down the pressure of, okay, the university wants to reach this goal. I have a job to do. How am I going to get there? But I know from California, you guys do have um, penalties, penalties for that. Yeah. So we are going to make our way here one way or another. Oh, don't make the rest of America California, please. <laughs> please. All right. So the investors are starting to see dollar signs in trash. But is this business ready to start turning that trash into treasure. That's coming up. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Nicole's app, Eco, can help colleges save tens of thousands of dollars in contamination fees. But first, students have to actually use it. Here's Erica. I have a question on the social side of this. I was in a sorority. It was competitive with 
you know, who was wearing the cute dresses and who was good, good grades. Also, <laughs> I'm thinking about like the reward piece of this mm-hmm. and like, especially in like the Greek system, like house versus house <laughs> and student versus student, grade versus grade. House points. That's house points. Stuff, yeah. yeah. When I uh-huh. think about like, you know, and, and I mean, colleges sometimes do like color wars mm-hmm. and, you know, like opening day, orientation, whatever. Has that been something that you've been getting interest about? And have you yes. tested that at all? So we haven't tested it yet, but we have gotten considerable interest, particularly between Georgia Tech and Georgia State because they're Mm. kind of like rivalries. So like being able to know that Georgia Tech was recycling much more than Georgia State was a huge thing on their campus. But we are looking to do those like uh, dormitory against dormitory, um, class between class, friend group against friend group even. So we're working this summer to really bolster those social components of the application. I would look into a lot of like consumer behavior studies about mm-hmm. like, do people want money or do they want pride over their friends and yeah. their community? I think you'll find over and over again, it's actually more about the ego. Yeah, um, It's not about the money. The more you can play that up, even you just talking about Georgia Tech versus Georgia State, mm-hmm. I actually think there's a lot of budget there too because people all know what rivalry is like. Uh-huh. That's, That's a great idea. <laughs> That's very true. An eco rivalry. <laughs> How much are you raising? What What is that? I don't know that you mentioned that yet. Yeah, so we're raising 750 and okay. we just started. Um, and so we're doing a safe um, and the cap is 5 million. So we're just starting and with that. And what goals do you mm-hmm. hope to achieve in the next six to 12 months with that? And how long does it last? Yeah, so that lasts us 12 months. Um, and so our goal is to launch more universities and corporate offices in the Southeast. So that is like our focus. And our goal is 20 institutions by the end of next year. Yeah, we invested in a business mm-hmm. that's kind of analogous called Gooder. Oh, yes. um, yeah, on yeah. that food recovery oh, side. Yeah. And the one thing I learned is there is a lot more money in these corporations. And for, for Gooder, it's a mix of like feel good plus tax credit plus a bunch of other things. And I suspect universities have more money here than is obvious. I just don't know how much more money there is here. Mm-hmm. So I really like this business. I don't think I can get there on the current round. Just because I'm, I'm not. I, I think I have in my mind a sense of how big the university tickets would have to be, and I'm, I'm not sure they're there yet. So I, I guess my one piece of advice would be: I think you could dramatically upsize the impact that this has on campus mm-hmm. by leaning into that student-to-student virality, because that yeah. will get them recycling more things, which will make the university say, "Wow, this is like a much bigger thing." And then I think with that, you could probably unlock much bigger contracts with them. That's great feedback. Thank you. I too am out. I think the big things for me were willingness to pay of the colleges. Yeah. I think we we know the 20K we didn't negotiate, which is fine. No one negotiates the first deal. I think I'm not clear on like how much higher that could go. Mm -hmm. And the second thing, I think there's some really interesting, like a B2B SaaS play with licensing data to like the Coca-Cola's Coca-Cola versus Sprite. You know, I hate to be so competitive. I feel like everything I'm saying is like (laughs) hitting rivalries. But But you're right. If you say like, Coca-Cola, actually, more of our customers recycle. are eco-conscious, yeah. they recycle, they are young, they are cool, mm-hmm. That like, versus Sprite, versus whatever, that's brilliant. You can't pay for that. Sprite is owned by Coke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Yes. They all own each other these days. Right. It's hard to keep it straight. I've been thinking about this problem for a while. I've invested in it twice. And I think we are at a time where we've got a convergence of technologies that could potentially create another wave of this kind of thing because it's so easy like doing it on your phone um what i'm a little concerned or actually a lot concerned about is that you don't have a clear quick go-to-market strategy so if you had a b2b plan that was 
somehow um, sparked data collection with some free viral loop on campus that drove that other thing, that would be much more interesting to me at this stage. And based on that that's not what you're building now, I'm out. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm out. It's just a little too early for me to understand the whole monetization Mm -hmm. piece of this. But I would like to stay in touch with you because I'd like to see how you're how are you going to drive the engagement of yeah. the whole university? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nicole, I really like what you're doing, and I'm very impressed by your sales to these two campuses and also this corporate. Um, I think that's just honestly really hard to do, and I think you should you know, definitely pat yourself on the back, even though you may not have optimized it or tried to optimize it. The, the thing I'm trying to really grapple with is the customer acquisition, and there are a couple of different customers it's sort of this B2B to C model, which it gets a little bit tricky around like, how do you get to sort of the, the next layer of customer, the students? Mm-hmm. And I think people had some great ideas on how to get yeah. there. I just think it's going to be too pricey um, to, to try to like, how do you go from 1500 to a whole campus without increasing that spend? I think I'm having a hard time in my mind kind of reconciling those those numbers. Yeah. So I'm out. No worries. Thank you all Thank so you. much. Thank this you. is amazing. Yeah. Would you guys be okay if I took a selfie? Yeah. Sure. Of everything? Is that okay? Sure. Just want to commemorate this moment. Turn <laughs> <laughs> around. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let's Josh see. might I'm make you wait like... to post it. <laughs> is it okay? Okay, let's see. Okay. Hello. Nice. Y'all. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Thank y'all again. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. There okay. is big money to unlock in there somewhere. It's it's just aligning it. I think she just needs a little more time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to, like, after this, I'm like, I want to connect you with USC. Yeah. That's some big money. Yeah. Instead of going, like, Georgia, which is maybe not as progressive, no, maybe a little no. bit more state school. Yeah. Let's go to USC. Let's <laughs> where go somewhere where money. we've got a lot of donors. A lot of donors. <laughs> I, 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 I love the, the idea of challenges. And a lot of I these, uh, mm-hmm. and, and if she had a, an app like... Um, the, the the RA could compete against another one, and you leaned into that sort of challenge thing. You'd get a bunch of people starting these things, and then you'd get the campuses from the bottoms mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. If she had a bottoms up strategy, she could also then go and get the money from the campus because you go to USC and go look. You know, there's already eight sororities that are competing against yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. Why don't you buy a site license because they're already doing it? Georgia. I mean, for God's sake, she did this in Georgia, which is mind-blowing as it is. I know. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you guys sure? Yeah. Yeah. Sure you don't want to invest? No. Not now. I I do think there's something in here, but this is not the right model. Well, the investors didn't want to get their hands dirty with this one. They're like, go figure it out. Here are some ideas. Charge more money. Make recycling a competition. Come back to me next round. But ideas, they're not money. How can Nicole give the investors what they want while also staying true to what she knows is best for the business? A few months after that pitch, I checked in with Nicole to see how things were going. How was your experience pitching on our show? I would say exhilarating. Like, I remember walking in and just like, like I'm smiling right now and just being just overjoyed that I made it in the room. I wasn't stressed at all. 
to me, I see pitching as just an opportunity to share my company's story. Mm-hmm. And that really does take the pressure off. You're like, I'm just going to share my story. I'm not expecting money. Is that the mindset? To be honest, yes. So like, of course, I wouldn't definitely wanting to get something mm-hmm. because the company would do well right. if we got some money from that. <laughs> but with opportunities like this, that's kind of the mind space that I take it in. Okay. After the show, this happened back in June. What did you do? During the summer, I was heads down doing sales. And so we spoke to 37 universities over the summer. Oh my gosh. So in November, we're about to launch 14 universities for an America Recycles Day challenge. America Recycles Day is on November 15th. Mm-hmm. And from November 6th to the 17th, 14 universities right now will be on the Eco platform competing against one another getting to use the full experience of eco. So you're doing the viral challenge. We're doing the viral challenge, which Erica mentioned, or I think she encouraged us to do. So yeah, that's, we're doing it. <laughs> what is it going to look like? So all the students on the campus will be able to use eco during those two weeks. We'll show like how each university is ranking against one another. And so that's really what we're doing to boost that competitive spirit. And we think that's going to be game changing and getting them to convert to full paid clients. So we haven't converted any yet, but we're hoping that when they use it, we'll be able to secure them in. Very Mm -hmm. cool. So you were trying to raise 750,000 on our show. Mm -hmm. Were you able to raise any of that amount? No, so I completely stopped fundraising over the summer. Um, And so now I'm diving back in to raise the round. You say, you say diving back in with like a bit of trepidation. Like, how do you feel about uh, fundraising again? It's just, I would much rather sell contracts in universities. I think any entrepreneur and founder would agree. But I think where my like hesitancy comes is we get a lot of feedback from investors and the dreaded feedback right the feedback and it's like they want to be helpful thank but it's you. just really not <laughs> exactly and sometimes like well have you thought about this and i'm like yeah like write a check and i'll do it but like until then like we are we're not doing that <laughs> that's my only like uh, about going back in but i'm optimistic Yeah. What is it about the feedback that's so hard? Is it just feedback period that's hard regardless? Or is there something specific about investor feedback that's particularly hard to take? I think more so because they, some don't understand your industry. So what they're saying, like even with saying like, you should increase your contract size, they don't understand what's going on in the industry and how it's a growing market. So like there's things that have to happen before we can do that. Mm -hmm. If it's coming from someone who understands your market, definitely like take that. Right. But I have been very intentional about like, okay, is that really helpful? Is that some advice that we should really take? And just being very strict about like, okay, like thank you and no. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking now, like with my experience with investors, they're even more eager to give you advice if you're younger. Mm. So as someone fresh out of school, I bet you're getting it even more. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's just kind of funny. So I never really 
see like biases and my parents raised me to truly think that I could solve anything and do anything if I wanted to, or if I had, if I was willing to like figure it out. Yeah. Those are some good parents. <laughs> They're awesome. And so like, I didn't realize that people like see my age or like questions, like what I really know until like fundraising. And so like that has kind of been like a shock, yeah. I guess, because I don't know why you wouldn't believe what I'm saying or like you wouldn't think it's possible. Mm -hmm. And there's been also, I think, some hesitation when it comes to my age, but yeah. I'm like, we know what we're talking about and we are going to see it come to fruition one way or another. And because of the work that we're putting in, we're seeing the results that we want to see. So now it's just kind of like, okay, can we connect that to some funding? You've been running this startup for a few years now. You started it while you were in school, but it's been one full year since you graduated. Has running a startup full-time been what you expected? It's a lot harder than I expected, to be honest with you. Um, so much harder than Wait, I... Wait, really? Everybody talks about how hard it is to start a startup. You didn't believe them. I was like, oh, yeah, it's hard. It's not that hard. Like, it can't be that hard. But like <laughs> now I'm like, oh, my gosh, Like we got payroll at the end of the month. Like, this is serious business. <laughs> I think my biggest learning coming out in a year now has just been like have high expectations always and set goals for yourself but also give space for you to learn mm -hmm. because I was really hard on myself because I expected things to be skyrocket of success in a year. Have you learned more in the last year than you have in four years of school? Oh yeah, 100%. Like I was afraid of sales even like last year because I was nervous about being rejected one thing that I've done a lot of work on is sales and obviously investor stuff. Yeah. And you get rejected all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to learn how to pitch and you've got to ha learn how to handle objections to stuff. And I honestly think like now I'm like, I'm like a bullock. You're not going to break me or like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sell you on this regardless. Um, definitely have learned a lot in this last year. So maybe not the rocket growth you're expecting on the company, but uh, you're, you're on the learning rocket ship. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so now it's like when we get that hockey stick growth, mm -hmm. I'm prepared for it. Our team is prepared for it because we've learned so much in this last year. So now we know what it takes to be successful. I'm not sure anyone can be truly prepared for what comes with scaling a business, because as anyone who's done it will tell you, it's an entirely new set of challenges. But I'm super bullish on Nicole. Based on all that she's been able to accomplish in such a short period of time with so little resources, Nicole is a founder to watch. Next week on The Pitch, get in, losers. We're going shopping. So I put 250000 of my own money into the company to get it to our first 10,000 users. 
Our 40,000 users have organically saved over 1 million products to the platform. Doesn't Pinterest do this? If I could have used Pinterest, I wouldn't be here today. We'll see you next week in the Pitch Room. Applications for the next season are closing soon. We're going to be in Miami in January, where 18 startups will pitch the investors on our show. It's super easy to apply. Just answer a couple questions and upload your pitch deck or deal memo. Just go to pitch.show slash apply. If you've been waiting, it's now or never. See you in Miami in January. This episode was made by me, Josh Muccio, Lisa Muccio, Carrie Ann Thomas, Anna Ladd, and Enoch Kim, with casting help from Peter Liu. Music in today's show is from Boxwood Orchestra, Our Many Stars, Astronaut Club, Plastic Planet, Memory Palace, Breakmaster Cylinder, and The Muse Maker. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, we've set up a special URL to make it super easy to share with a friend. It's pitch.show slash text. Try it out, pitch.show slash text. And if you want to listen to the pitch ad-free, subscribe to Pitch Plus. You'll also get occasional bonus content. Plus, it's a really good way to support the show. Just go to pitch.show slash plus to learn more. The pitch is made in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Pitch, Inc. and their respective employees and affiliates do not provide investment advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided on this show should not be used as the basis for making investment decisions. Listeners should conduct their own research and consult with their own investment advisors before making any investment decisions. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.